Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to us by the Raising Money Summit, raisingmoneysummit.com. Adam Adams has put together an amazing lineup of speakers. You have Adam Adams, Michael Blanc, Tim Bratz, Ellie Perlman, Alina Trigub, Kent Clothier, Jeremy Roll, Jillian Sadati, Cordy Peterson, Marie Miles, and many, many more. If you are raising money for syndication, for fix and flips, for land deals, for self-storage, mobile home parks, whatever you're raising money for in real estate, you need to be here at this conference. Again, that is the RaisingMoneySummit.com for tickets. And Adam has been gracious enough to let our listeners have a 40% discount through the end of May. All you need to do is use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, one word, SPOTLIGHT, S-P-O-T-L-I-G-H-T. And again, that is RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you are raising money, this is the must-attend event of the year. And it is just going to be amazing. Adam puts on a just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, summit. So just, uh, again, RaisingMoneySummit.com. And if you use the promo code SPOTLIGHT, you will get 40% off through the end of May. Welcome to REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwan. And on the show tonight, we have Annie Dickerson with Good Egg Investments. How's it going, Annie? It's going great. Thanks for having me, David. No problem at all. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, if you don't mind, do you want to give the listeners a little bit of your background? Absolutely. So I am a co-founder and managing partner at Good Egg Investments, and we focus on helping to um, educate people about something called real estate syndications, which are group investments. And so we help people learn about how to invest in real estate without being a landlord. Um, and so to date, we've co-syndicated over $400 million in real estate assets, mostly in multifamily, but also in self-storage and mobile home parks. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now when you said, uh, help, helping, helping people invest without being a landlord, uh, mm -hmm. dig in, dig into that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping you'd ask that because... <laughs> For the first 10 years that I had invested in real estate, I knew nothing about real estate syndications. I thought that the only way to invest in real estate was to buy a property, to rent it out, collect the rent income every month, and to be responsible for all of the, the expenses, the maintenance, the repairs. And that's what we did. My husband and I started investing very young. We were 23 when we bought our first property. It was a duplex in Washington, D.C., and we house hacked it. So we lived in one unit and we rented out the other. And it worked so well that we then went on to buy three more duplexes in D.C. and then also in Oakland, California. And I, there was a point when I was like, okay, we need to, we need to do, be doing more of this. This is such a great way to build passive income and build wealth. But you know, now we were in the, now we're in the Bay area in California, one of the most expensive real estate markets in the country. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking to myself, now I've got two kids, they're six and three, and I'm like, ah, oh, they've got all this stuff and, you know, take hundreds of thousands of dollars in a really competitive real estate market, you know, to, to be able to buy another duplex. And then we got to move all of our stuff and move our kids and possibly move them to new schools. And so it just seemed like a lot. And Definitely. so that's when one thing led to another and I discovered passive investing through real estate syndications. Now, like I said, I had not heard about them in all my 10 years of investing in real estate. And when I first heard of them, honestly, somebody told me a syndication is a group investment. And my first reaction was, why would I want to invest with other people? I want to invest on, by myself. I want to have full control over the investment. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, but then I learned more, I got out of my own way and I learned more about syndications and I realized how well they fit into my current lifestyle because basically with a syndication, I can put my money in to a real estate investment. Somebody else manages it. So they, when the toilets break, when the tenant moves out, they get all the calls. I don't hear anything about that. All I get is a monthly or sometimes quarterly cash flow distribution check. And so that's why I say when you invest passively in real estate syndication, you can still put your money directly into real estate assets and thus you can get all the benefits of investing in real estate like the tax benefits, but you don't have to deal with the hassles of being a landlord. Awesome. Awesome. What other, uh, what are a couple other things that, uh, you like to make sure that new passive investors are, uh, you, you know, that they, they should need to know what are say like yeah. the, the top three things that you, you'd Ooh. want them to know. Love this. Okay. So the first thing, when we talk to investors, they're always so eager to jump into a deal. They're like, okay, I, I, I know about this and I want to get into a deal. Um, how do I get into a deal? And we're like, the first thing we say is, hold on, hold on, wait a second. There are a lot of real estate opportunities out there. And the last thing you want to do is be like, oh, squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> squirrel, you know, <laughs> I want to invest in this. Oh, no, this. Oh, no, that. You know, you want to be very sure of what your investing goals are. So before you ever look at a single real estate syndication deal, first we say evaluate yourself and where you are financially and where you want to be. And think about what you want to get out of investing in real estate. Do you want to invest for appreciation? down the road or do you want to invest for cash flow so you can replace your income or we have some people who want to invest solely for tax benefits or maybe it's a combination of so all many, of three of them. yeah so yeah. many options so many options right. just yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so you have to really get crystal clear on what you want out of it so that when you see because when you see those marketing decks that come out with every real estate syndication your eyes are going to be like oh my gosh look at all these pretty pictures and these charts and it's going to blow you away it's a marketing deck basically yes and every time i see one i'm like oh i want to you know at first glance i'm like i want to invest in this this looks amazing <laughs> and then I look at financials, I'm like, oh, actually, that doesn't align with my investing goals. Yeah. You know, so it's really important to have your investing goals. 
Um, and then I would say the second thing we also always counsel people on is a real estate deal is important and the location is important and the asset type is important. All of that is important, but the most important factor in any real estate syndication deal that you go into is the team that you're investing with because you always you're going to be a syndication typically lasts around five years sometimes longer so your money let's say fifty thousand dollars you're investing fifty thousand dollars with a group of people for five years you're going to be hearing from these people every month you're going to be getting your money from them every month so you're basically married to them for this amount of time so you want to be sure that they're going to be good stewards of your money and that during those five years if something goes wrong like a recession or there's a fire at the property or the the occupancy is lower than expected that you know that those people have the experience and the integrity to really operate on behalf of your money. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, definitely. You got to make sure that, you know, um, you, you know, you, you have to vet who, you know, who mm -hmm. you're, who, who has your money. You, you need to really vet it and, you know, just make sure that they're, they're, they're treating it better than your money. Like, like I said, you know, me, me, I, I treat my money, you know, I, I try to take care of my money, but there's, you know, my money is my money. If I lose it, well, I made it. Uh, it's mine to lose. Now, if I have your money, that's a whole different right. story because I didn't earn it. Yeah. That's your mm -hmm. money. And there's a whole nother level of, you, you know, it, it's, it's my risk tolerance for my money is mm -hmm. it, it's off the charts. I, I, you know, it, it, it's mine. I can do it as I wish. Now, if it's your money, that's mm -hmm. a whole, that's a whole different, that's a whole different ball of wax. You know, it, oh, it's yeah. like, no, it, it has to be, it, it has to be good. And, and if I'm recommending or, or, you know, providing somebody with, with, with an opportunity, I'm making sure that that person is very, very well vetted. Yes. For sure. For sure. Yes. Yes. And on that note, actually, another thing to go along with, the team is, you know, anybody can make a real estate deal look good on paper. And, but it's really going to be come down to when the rubber meets the road is how well can that team actually execute on the plan that they've put forward. And so another thing that we look for in all of our real estate syndication deals is really conservative underwriting. So we want to know that the team is not just trying to sell the deal to make a quick buck on the acquisition fee, but they're actually thinking about the long-term goal and having investors invest with them for multiple deals. And so we're looking for those conservative, uh, that conservative underwriting, which means that there's going to be a buffer. So we're looking for those, those sponsors, those general partners who are going to um, under-promise and over-deliver. That's always what we're looking for. <clears throat> definitely, definitely. Now, now, now say that you have found your, found your deal. Um, mm -hmm. Where or how do you, how would you say, we'll, we'll approach it from somebody who's a new syndicator. How would you suggest that they uh, approach raising capital? Oh, that's a really good question. Raising capital is, you know, raising capital is my favorite part of the whole thing. I never thought that it would be. I actually went into the world of syndication thinking that I would lead my own deal. 
And I started down that path and um, somebody gave me an opportunity to help them raise capital for their deal. And I said, no way. That's the <laughs> worst part of the whole thing. Get out of here. I don't want to raise money for your deal. Um, but at the end of the day, I tried it out and I loved it because here's the, here's the key is that raising capital is all about investor education. This thing yes. called real estate syndications, you and I are privileged to know about them and the listeners on this podcast know about them, but the people in the greater outside world, most of them have never heard of real estate syndications or passive investing. Well, mo mo most of them look at it and it's like, it's never even crossed their mind. You know, it's yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. like, well, it's a big building. I, you know, I, right. I struggle. I, I, I bust my, my hump to, to pay uh -huh. for, pay for my house, let alone, you, you know, I can't yeah. afford a whole of building. I mean, I struggle mm -hmm. to pay my rent, you know, yes. in one yeah. unit that let alone, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. People, the, the, the size just, people just don't understand it at all. Yeah. 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 And so that investor education is super important. And so for anyone who's looking to raise capital, this might not be the answer that you, they want because it takes longer, but you really need to establish that thought leadership platform yes. and whatever form that takes for you, whether it's launching a podcast or writing blog articles or recording videos or you know, publishing guest posts and things like that. It's whatever works for you, but you need to get out there and start teaching people about what you know. And then what that does is that then builds the trust and investors will only invest with you if they trust you. And yes. so that's the purpose of building that content. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, if, uh, you know, because I'm pretty sure we'll have some other, uh, you know, newbies into this syndication, what, how would you suggest that they uh, attack their, their credibility or, or their track list, uh, mm. you know, from a, from a newbie standpoint? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely in those shoes and it stumped me for a long time. I'm like, how do I build a track record if nobody will trust me to do a deal, you know? <laughs> Um, so two things, two things. One is in the world of real estate, the, the power is in the partnerships. And so there are people out there who are looking for the skill set that you have. And if you can add value to their deal and then partner up with them, then you can piggyback off of their track record. And that then becomes part of your track record. So that's one thing is to partner with more experienced operators. And then the other thing is when you've never done a deal before and you're talking to potential investors, something that I found to be incredibly valuable is to create a, um, a sample, a mock deal. So you Definitely. tell investors, you say, you know, I, I don't have a deal under contract right now. But when I do, it's going to look something like this. And then you show them that deck. And in that deck, it's got, you know, pictures of a fictional property. But one, you know, if you're looking at garden style apartment buildings, for example, then you're going to show photos of garden style apartment complexes. Yes. And then you're going to show the, um, the preferred re or the returns that you're looking to get for the investors, 
the deal structure, the business plan. That way you can start to talk them through things like, you know, what it, what does value add mean? How long is the hold time? What's the minimum investment? When can I expect to get my money back? How often are, am I going to see returns? So you can really use that sample deal to start talking through a lot of the real and more pressing questions that investors have. Um, and with, with dealing, how, how would you suggest somebody get that deal packet into a, you know, a new prospect's hands? What is, what have you found that works well with you to get in front of, mm -hmm. you know, in front of people to be able to educate them and to be able to get that sample deal packet in their hands so that they can look at it? Yeah. You know, I can only speak from my own experience and, at the beginning, you've really got to be open to hustling. You've just got to get in there, roll up your sleeves and do the hard work. You can't expect on your first deal to snap your fingers and all these investors come flooding in. It's just not gonna happen. They don't know you. You have no track record, you have no experience. And so for us, our first deal, you know, I turned to friends and family. And specifically to a close group of friends and family who have had experience with real estate. And so I knew that they had some sophistication around investing and that when I talked to them about real estate, um, that it wouldn't be completely foreign to them. Good. So I started with them and then those are a really good place to practice those conversations because the more you talk about these deals and how they work, the better you get at them. So you don't want that first conversation <laughs> that you have with an investor to be somebody who's got a million dollars to invest, you know, then you're going to be stumbling and you're not going to be able to answer their questions. You want to first practice with friends and family. And I would say, even if you, know, you have a friend or family member who's not interested in investing, ask them if that you can practice with them. Well, you know, pitch them the deal and show them the deal and ask them to put themselves in the shoes of investor, an investor and ask you questions. Well, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, I, I think it's Joe Fairless that, that suggested this is, uh, he was like, uh, well, if you're looking at a market, go talk to brokers in a market you have absolutely no idea, no interest in, you know, talk to them. And to me, I guess uh, the, same, the same principle is, is, well, talk to somebody. It doesn't, you know, because then the pressure is actually off you is mm -hmm. because it's like, you're not really trying to sell them. You're just trying to educate them. So, yes. you know, and, and to me, that's kind of the, the, the feel that I, I think you should have when you're trying to mm -hmm. talk to somebody is that, that educator mindset, not, mm -hmm. I gotta have this guy, this guy's gotta right. buy what I'm right. selling. No, you're not selling them. You're giving them an opportunity and, sh and educating them and showing them something that, may or may not be in their wheelhouse but you know and it's it's that yeah well you know if you want to practice with no pressure on it well practice with somebody that you know they they can't you know that you're pretty sure they can't invest right now but you know sometimes you get surprised but you know just throw it out there to people and the more you know like you said it's repetition it's saying mm -hmm. it again and again and it's talking and it's gone well you know or just having that question that 
you know, just completely came out of left field that nobody had ever thrown at you. And like you said, it's much better to stub your toe in front of a guy who's broke than a guy who has millions. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's better to, uh, you know, it's better to stumble on, on, on your words at the guy that's, uh, you know, working at the McDonald's counter instead of stumbling in front of Warren Buffett, <laughs> you know, I mean, which, <laughs> where, where do you want to stumble at? You know, so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's definitely, that's, that's awesome advice of, you know, just practice wherever, you know, practice, it's practice. So just yeah. whoever, whoever's willing to let you listen and, and, and not kick you out of the room, take, mm -hmm. take them up mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And the other thing is to really take advantage of the time that you have before your deal goes live. And what I mean by that is before you're actively raising money for the deal, you should be taking that time to educate investors because what you don't want to happen is you get a deal under contract you have let's say 45 to 60 days to close and you have to raise a million dollars well you haven't spent the time to talk to investors so you're scrambling now you're running around town trying to meet with investors trying now you're desperate now you're trying to sell them on this yeah, deal definitely. and sense that desperation so that is a recipe for failure what you want to do instead is before you ever have a deal under contract you start talking to investors then with that sample deal package you start getting the conversation going so you get them excited and you say I don't have a deal right now but if a deal like this were to come up would you be interested okay great then I will keep you on my investor list and I will let you know as soon as a deal is available so that builds that excitement they're ready right they're yes. ready to invest and so that's what you want is by the time that you open up that deal for investors that you've already built up all of this momentum and you know that when you open the gates that there's going to be a ton of investors flooding in to invest with you that's what you want awesome awesome yeah that's that is that is excellent excellent advice of you know get 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 the ball rolling before you have the deal and and you know then then everybody's ready to to jump on board when you know when you get that deal in your hand oh yeah um what uh throw out a couple questions that that every from a syndicator from a new syndicator's mm -hmm. uh point of view what are some questions that when they walk into that investor meeting when they're meeting with these with these people what are a couple questions that you know it's like if you're going to bring this up you have to have these these three answers say you know like these three questions are you know 99% sure that these are going to come up you better have these nailed before you even open your mouth? Oh my gosh. This is a great question. And actually there's so many questions that a investors ask. I actually created a list of 101 questions <laughs> that investors <Okay>. might ask. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, some of the top ones that we get investors always, you know, syndicators always think that investors want to know about returns and yes, they do want to know about returns, but more importantly, they want to know when they're going to get their money back because they see they don't yeah. actually trust you to make them any extra money. If you do, then that's gravy on top, but they just want to know, okay, for this little thing that you're doing over here, okay, I'll invest my money on, on faith because I know you, but when am I going to actually just get that money back? That's their first question is, 
you know, when am I going to expect, if I invest $100,000 with you, when am I going to see that $100,000 back safe and sound in my, <laughs> in my savings account, right? So that's the first thing you got to be able to answer is how long is the hold time? And then, you know, if it's a five-year hold, you know, they're going to then ask what happens if there's a recession in year five? Nobody can predict the future. So what contingency plans do you have in place in case, you know, the market is soft at that five-year mark. They're also going to ask then about um, things like returns and taxes and risks. So if you're preparing to be a syndicator, that's why I say it's so valuable to, at least for your first deal, to partner up with somebody who's got a little more experience, at least another deal under their belt, because they'll have gone through a lot of these investor questions. And sometimes investors ask us completely random questions <laughs> that they never expect. Um, so you just, you never know. You never know what to expect. So it's always good to have a sounding board, somebody else who um, can help you to answer those questions. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I think that kind of blends back into, well, have that, have that practice guy. You, you, you know, that, that, that contrarian that we all have in our family, it's like, yes, before you go live in front, front of somebody, go find that person in your life that likes to pick apart everything and pitch them because, yes. because they'll throw you questions, you know, they'll, they'll throw you stuff that you're not expecting. And that's what you need. Because, you know, for me, my standpoint is, you know, if, if an investor sees that they can't shake you, that makes them more confident in, in you that that gives them, you know, that look, you know, this, I, I asked them this question, you know, way out in left field, and he just boom, 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 just hit it again. And, you know, just rolled on with it. And it didn't stumble, which, you know, to me makes you feel prepared, you know, feel mm -hmm. like, you know, it just builds that, that rapport and that, that trust a little bit more with just being able to think quick on your feet and be able to handle yeah. whatever they give you. <laughs> yeah. And then as you're getting those questions from potential investors, collect them. Those are so valuable. And so every question that an investor asks you, you could turn that into a blog post or a video, and then you don't have to keep answering it. <laughs> over and over, you could say, you know what? I actually have this great blog article. I'm going to send you a link and it'll answer everything that you're talking about and more. And so use those as fuel for your thought leadership platform. Every question that you get from an investor is a gift and you can turn that into a very powerful thought leadership, pro thought leadership platform and lead generation tool for your business. Awesome. Awesome. I'd never even, I, I, I didn't even think about that, but that is, it, 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 that is another piece of, uh, of gold that you've freely given out. You, 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 this is, this has been awesome. Um, what, uh, from, uh, from that standpoint, what would you say is, uh, uh well, I'll, let me phrase it this way. What's a question I haven't asked that you wanted me to ask? Ooh, <laughs> I love that. I don't think I've been asked that question on a podcast. Hmm. Let me think about that. Um, let's see. Okay. So I think when you're starting out and especially if you're, so my, my main role at Good Egg Investments is on the marketing and branding side of things. I, 
um, formed a partnership with uh, my business partner, Julie, who she handles all of the investor relations side of things. So if you know marketing, I'm sort of the top of the funnel and she's the closer at the bottom of the funnel. Okay. And um, so I think that um, I touched on partnerships before and I think partnerships are so valuable. And people ask me all the time, you know, how did you find your partner? You know, how did you decide to partner up? And it's, I still am in awe of our partnership every day because, you know, we first met at a real estate conference and, um, you know, it was right after I had quit my job to go into real estate. And I, my initial thought was, I'm never going to find a partner, a business partner. You know, it's, you know, I'm so particular and I like to have control over everything. I'm never going to find the perfect person. And lo and behold, we met at this real estate conference and um, we didn't talk about a partnership at that time, but we were both moms, working moms. And I had, like I said, I had just quit my job and she wanted to quit her job. And so we talked a lot about that. And then the day after the conference, she went home and put in her notice. <laughs> so she was like, if Annie can do it, I could do it. And, uh, so then we met up a, a couple months later just to check in again, not to talk about a partnership, but we met up just to check in with each other and how each other's businesses mm -hmm. were going. And, um, I remember distinctly the conversation we were sitting across the table, uh, from each other. And I said, you know what? I love the content creation side of things. If I could just create blogs and videos all day, <laughs> I would be in heaven. If I could take one thing off my daily calendar, it would be meeting and talking with investors. And she said, oh my gosh, I love talking to investors. I love answering their questions. If I could take one thing off my list, it would be blogging. <laughs> I sit in front of my computer with a blank page and I know I'm supposed to write something, but I don't know what to write. And so at that moment, that was really when the partnership, the idea of a partnership was born. And we thought, huh, so you... Sure. Okay. <laughs> so we, you know, we were sitting across the table and I remember it so clearly, you know, she asked me what I loved about um, real estate syndications and raising capital. And I said, you know, I absolutely love creating content. I love making blogs and videos. If I could do that all day, I would be in heaven. And the one thing I wish I could take off my calendar is meeting and talking with investors. And she said, are you kidding? I love talking with investors. She said, if I could take one thing off of my schedule, it would be creating blog posts. She said, I sit in front of the blank screen and I know I'm supposed to write something, but I don't know what to write. And I get stuck and I get so frustrated and stressed out. And so that was really that moment where we looked at each other across the table and we're like, huh, so you like that. and..." 
I like this and we're trying to help the same people. Maybe we could partner up. You know, that was really the, the beginning of the birth of the idea of the partnership. And, you know, of course we didn't jump into the partnership right away. It took another several weeks of us really getting to know each other better mm -hmm. and our working styles and figuring out what this business that we were going to be building together would look like. And so since we've gone through that process, and that was about a year ago now, um, we've seen such tremendous growth in our business. And honestly, it could not have happened had we not partnered up. Because every day, Julie gets to do what she loves, and I get to do what I love. And we don't step on each other's toes. And together, we're able to scale this business and grow this business much faster than either of us could have done on our own. Definitely, definitely. That is that 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 is awesome. And I think most partnerships, that's how they it, it's not really anything, there's not really a formula for going out and finding your partner. It's just networking and if it's meant to be that that mm -hmm. partner it, it, it you'll know it when you see it you, you know it's yeah. not like you you don't you know you you, you don't force it it's not going right. to be forced right. it, you're, you're just gonna you you have to network and you have to meet people and you'll find that person that you just click and when you know it's kind of like meeting a significant other mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. kind of you, you know it's like oh, well yeah, kind of, yeah, this may work. And then, you know, you get a little bit further and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, you know, this is the same thing. And I think you'd re referenced marriage earlier, I think when, mm -hmm. uh, with the investors, but your <laughs> yeah. partner's kind of the same thing. It's like, yes. and, and you know, it, it's, you know, feel it out. Don't rush into it. You know, yeah. uh, you know, if you only met the, met, met this person 30 minutes ago, you don't need to be, you know, whipping out the checkbook booking and investing yep. large sums of money into them, you know, yep. feel them out a little bit, you know, figure out who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm but, so glad you said that. Cause that was, um, part of the reason that I wanted to tell that story is that one, that partnerships can be extremely valuable. So that, definitely. but, but with the caution that, you know, don't just get into a partnership to get into a partnership. You know, you want to be sure to take the time to vet the other person to really get to know how you work together because you are going to be spending a lot of time together. Yes, so definitely. You somebody that you get along with. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to partner with the guy that you can't stand to be in a room more than a half hour with. He's not, that's right. You, you know, if it's a guy that you know, it's like, yeah, I, I can't stand that dude. Well, mm -hmm. he's probably not the partner for you and you're probably yeah. not the partner for him. You know, yeah. It, it, yeah. just you, you, you got to be able to get along and you got to understand each other and, and have mm -hmm. a good feel for each other. So mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. thank you for that. That was a uh, awesome question and answer <laughs> from you. Uh, you know, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's an awesome story. And, and just like you said, you know, just such valuable information of just make sure who, who you're, who you're with, you know, just vet them and make sure that you, you like them and you can get along with them. And that, you know, like you said, it's that intricate being that other part of the puzzle, you know, because mm -hmm. if, 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 you know, if both of us, all we want to do is, uh, you know, create blogs all day long, you know, well, we're probably not the right partners, but you know, like you said, like 
you know, your partnership. Well, it's like, Oh, I don't like this part. Oh, I'll do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the same for, you know, with just the different aspects of the business, it's, well, you know, if you find a part of this business that, you know, you're like, I just, I don't like doing it. I understand it is important. I, well, find somebody that, because there's, there's somebody that loves every part of it. You know, there's somebody that loves crunching numbers. If you hate cr- crunching numbers, find somebody that loves crunching numbers. You, you know, you hate dealing with contractors and the rehab part of it. Well, find somebody that loves doing rehab. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's enough aspects and there's enough people out there that if you're either not strong in or not interested in a certain part or piece of this business, you're not going to do it all by yourself anyway. It's, it's a team. So you just have yes. to be smart and pick team members that complement you, and, mm-hmm. you know, to, to build your team out. You know, you just need those, those people who are personality fits and, you know, who, who skills fit too, you know, yes. and you offset each other and, and that way, and, and that's the best way to do it because then everybody is operating on their strength and not operating from a point of weakness, you know, and, yes. and, and as long as, you know, you're going to go a lot further, you, you know, just like, you, you know, you, Julie, Julie does much better with an in-person meeting with an investor. Well, you're going to grow faster if she's doing it and you're creating the blog post, you know, mm-hmm. instead of you don't go nowhere near, you don't get there if you swap positions, you know, right. it's right. because you're just not going to, you're not going to carry it out because that's yeah. not what you're interested in. So your strength's not there, you know, so it's, it's finding everybody the right seat on the bus and, mm-hmm. you know, just get them in that seat and get them going, you know, and just I let love that, it, you know, just, just everybody has to be, uh, on the right seat on the bus. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, well, I'm probably going to start start to wrap this up. Um, what is, uh, what's your favorite way to give back? Uh, one of my favorite ways to give back is through an organization called Junior Achievement. And Junior Achievement helps to promote financial literacy um, for, for schools, for elementary, middle school, and high schools. And so they do everything from teaching kids about how to manage money, to teaching them how to run a business, to teaching them how to get ready to um, get their first job. And so I think, you know, it's something that I wish I had learned when I was going <laughs> Definitely, definitely. You're and, sitting here describing it. I'm going, yeah. where was that at? <laughs> right? I know, I know. I wish that every school could have it. But Junior Achievement is such a fantastic organization. And they um, put volunteers into the classrooms to teach about all those various financial um, aspects. And it's so important for kids to learn, especially these days. Definitely, definitely. Well, what's, uh, what's the best way for my listeners to uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, the best way to learn about our business, Good Egg Investments, is to go to our website. It's at goodegginvestments.com. And on there, actually, if you're new to passive investing or if you're a syndicator, it all might also be valuable. We have a free seven-day email course called Passive Real Estate Investing 101. So feel free to sign up for that. You'll see that right on the homepage. And then if you have any questions at all or if I can help in any way, feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Annie at goodegginvestments.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. Annie, you have given me and my listeners so much uh, a wealth of information and so many gold nuggets that, you know, uh, I mean, this is a, this has been an awesome episode and from me and my listeners, I appreciate it and thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, David. It's been a blast. Thank you.